What's going on, Anchor? Happy Monday. It's Patrick Brussel here from the Creative Living Team, Keller Williams Realty, Boston. And this is the How's the Market podcast. Loving this afternoon. It's starting to feel like spring. I know we got a ways to go. Hopefully I didn't just uh, jinx us all. I'm here to talk about the idea of where you should come in, quote-unquote, when you're making an offer, and this idea that you're always going to be able to get into a best-and-final situation. Now, if you're a buyer or even a seller, what do I mean by best-and-final? What I mean is that there's a property that comes to the market, there is multiple offers, and the seller goes back to some of those offers maybe all of them, maybe a few, and ask for those particular buyers to give them what's called a best and final. And this is generally done because either A, everyone's so close and the seller is feeling nice that they just want to um, you know, give everyone one last final shot at it. But generally it's done to, you know, try to get the most money for themselves. And I think that a lot of buyers are getting accustomed to the idea that there's always going to be a best and final situation. So why come in on a $500,000 property priced at that? Why come in at 520? Let me come in at 505 and see what'll happen. I am here to tell you, I think that's bullshit. And I advise most of my clients to come in with their best offer first. Put your best foot forward. Now it comes down to each individual's situation. But if you just went through a condo this weekend and they had 50 different groups of people looking through it, most likely there's going to be multiple offers on that. And let me clue you into something. A seller doesn't have to offer best and final to anyone. They can take any offer they want at any time. So let's say on this $500,000 house, you come in at 502 and someone else came in at 520. There's a good chance they're not going to invite you back to a best and final they're just going to take the 520 because they don't want to piss off that buyer and it's a really good offer. Now, I get it. You may not have been willing to go to 520 anyways. Okay. But maybe you were willing to go to 515. And maybe you're putting down 20%, 25%. And maybe you're willing to meet the seller on all their dates. But the 520 offer, they're only putting down 5%. They have some other contingencies the sellers don't love. But the fact is there's enough of a gap between 520 and 502 that there's a good chance they may just take the 520 and move along. And you're never going to get a chance to say, well, wait a minute, I would have paid 515 for it. I don't tell my clients this because I want them to end up overpaying for a house. That's not the point. Yes, I'm a real estate agent. I make a commission. And when a sale price is higher, I make more. 
But let me tell you, the difference in my commission on uh, on $20,000 is nothing. I'm not even sure if it would fill up the gas tank in my car. I do this because, unfortunately, what I don't want to see is I don't want to see someone come in and say, you got to be kidding me. I would have paid X for that property. Oh, had I only knew. Because regret sucks. It really does. And especially when the inventory is as tight as it is right now, missing out on a property because you didn't go in with your best offer, that stinks. So that's all. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. I'm sure I'll talk to you before the end of it. Go lace them up. Play hard. And if you're a Boston guy, you know, like I am, big thanks to Paul Pierce. It was awesome to see him retire yesterday. The number retire. That's all, everyone. Bye.